Welcome back to Sharpen the Iron Podcast, where it is my job to share with you tools, lessons, inspiration, and ideas to help you sharpen your iron mind, empowering you to go out and walk with God day by day to maximize your life. Today we are talking about prolonging dead ends. Now I want to talk about the, <clears throat> this lesson I learned uh, in biology class, actually. So the idea of prolonging dead ends came to me in biology class, funny enough. And this is an idea akin to delaying conflict, you know, which is conflict multiplied. In biology, right at the end of the semester, we learned about evolution. And in evolution, there's something called a post-zygotic barrier. There's a pre-zygotic and a post-zygotic barrier which is a barrier that arises after two species have mated and formed a zygote from their own unique gamete, from a male and female gamete coming together to create a zygote. So there are three types of postzygotic barriers, but I want to touch upon one and the lesson that arose from it. Uh, this is a funny case, actually, and it has to do with ligers. So a lion's alone when mating with other lions can produce offspring, which contain a seed of themselves and can continue to reproduce more of the same species. And the same goes for tigers as well. You know, when mating within their own species, they are successful. However, when a lion and tiger mate, they do, they do produce an offspring, but this offspring, you know, is in the form of a liger. It's a sterile offspring meaning it doesn't contain a seed, so it cannot reproduce, which means it is a dead end. And that's what a post-zygotic barrier is. The gametes formed into a zygote, but they are incapable of replicating the process, which is why it's considered a barrier. And when uh, my teacher, Mr. Courier, told us about this, it instantly came to me that you should not prolong dead ends. Yet so often we do in our lives. And I just spent some time thinking about this idea, and uh, a few other things came to me that tie directly in with it. And I'll try to bring it full circle here. I'm going to go off kind of on a limb right now. But I heard Jordan Peterson say once, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. I heard him say that. That is not his quote, but that's where I heard it from. And then I also had this little phrase come to me that said, we are enslaved by what we know but terrified of what we don't. And this made me think of the Israelites in the Old Testament. You know, Moses frees these people from Pharaoh in Egypt who had them enslaved, who was a tyrant over them. You know, Moses, in, before he had them freed, Moses went to Pharaoh asking for his people to be freed for, or at least for Pharaoh, you know, to lighten the burden upon them. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened by God, and he decided to double down upon their burdens. He worked them even harder. You know, these people were at the mercy of extreme slavery and tyranny. You know, however, though, in the end, God worked through Moses, and the people were freed. But they spent 40 years wandering in the desert. You know, and there's a time when they mention how they would rather return to Egypt, return to slavery and tyranny, than to continue to wander the desert. And this is not just some ancient story, but a universal and current reality. It's an eternal pattern. These people 
were enslaved by what they knew, but even more terrified to be out wandering in the desert. You know, it's better to contend with the devil you know than the devil you don't know, because how much worse could the other guy be, you know? You think slavery's pretty bad, but how much worse is the desert? And that just connects right in with prolonging dead ends. There are these things in our lives we do that we no longer, that we know cannot last and will not last. You know, relationships we cling to that we know are dead ends, that we know must end. Habits and vices we continue to turn to that we know are destroying us. Workloads in our lives that aren't sustainable lifestyles that are slowly but surely putting us in the ground. Yet we cling to these things. Why? You know this relationship is not going anywhere, but you continue to avoid that truth. You know this workload is unsustainable, yet you can't seem to face the fact. And in part, um, I have realized that we cling to what we know because that is what gives us life. You know, humans, animals, plants, life in general will fight and cling and claw until its last dying breath. You know, if you see an animal dying, it is huffing and puffing until it is completely out of its misery. It is fighting for life. We cling to what we know because it's what's given us life. It's, as, it's what's sustained us even if it is potent and toxic, you know, it's better to deal with the devil we know than the devil we don't. I think that's so often why it takes a forest fire for the forest to grow back stronger and healthier. So often we wait until things get so bad, so painful, until we hit rock bottom that we finally decide to make a change. This stubborn in, stubbornness in our lives, this unwillingness to turn around sooner is toxic, it's prideful, it's ignorant, naive, it's arrogant, because we are terrified to accept the truth. And Frederick Nietzsche said, the strength of a person's spirit would then be measured by how much truth he could tolerate, or more precisely, to what extent he needs to have it diluted, disguised, sweetened, muted, falsified. Through awareness, we can work to see okay, this is not working. You know, I can't keep doing this. And my old basketball coach would so often say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. You know, in a way, we are all insane. How much different would life be like if we just bit the bullet sooner? John says, uh, I mentioned this in the last podcast, I believe, before Jesus comes, John is a prophet, so his role is to clear the path, to point to something bigger than himself. And he says before Jesus comes, he says to repent. And again, it's, it has nothing to do with begging for forgiveness, but it means to change, to change your mind, to turn around. And that's what it means to learn and to grow. Like the forest fire, you have to let go of old ideas old habits, old things, dead things. You have to let them die and burn up in order for new things to grow. That's how you evolve. Letting go of what is no longer serving you, allowing it to die off so you can be reborn again from the ashes. And this is the cosmic pattern 
of life, death, and rebirth that we are all a part of. It's happening all around us and everything. It's the phoenix in Harry Potter that must be born again and reborn from the ashes. That's the eternal pattern. You know, and we all have this same heart of stone. I have this heart of stone similar to, you know, what Pharaoh has. I have that stubbornness, you know, and I just double down on myself, on my own enslavement. You know, instead of letting go of that hot burning coal, I hold on and squeeze onto it even tighter. So it's just this idea that we know there are things in our lives that are no longer working. And this is just the simple, it's just funny that the a simple lesson on evolution and biology class can connect with so many eternal truths and a lesson to carry with you and live by. You know, as humans who are trying to aim towards the truth, as Christians, you know, you're trying to follow the Lord. It is your duty to face the truth, to not avoid responsibility, to not turn away from the monster from the demons, you know, and it's going to be hard and painful, but the sooner you do it, the more integrated and stronger you can become. The Japanese have this saying that I learned uh, when I was watching this video about the horse pose, which is kind of like a squat. Um, if you're interested about it, you'll have to just watch a little video about it, but it's like, it's what someone looks like when they're sitting on the back of a horse, but you're doing that just on the ground. So the horse pose, but they say that doing the horse pose and holding it for a prolonged period of time is similar to eating bitterness. It's like taking medicine. It's gross and painful, like and kills you in a sense in the moment. But in the long run, it makes you healthier and stronger. So eat the bitterness. Do not prolong the dead ends. And obviously, this is something we all, for the most part, know when that relationship is not sustainable, when this workload, you can't keep doing this, when you can't keep living this way. We know that we need to make changes in our lives. But again, we wait until we hit rock bottom. And there's this uh, paradox called the region beta paradox, where they it's as if good is the enemy of... So say you have a situation that's just all right. Like your 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 job isn't that bad. It sucks, but it's not so bad, so miserable that it doesn't force you to change. Whereas someone else, their job is so miserable that because of it, it forces them to say, I'm done working here. I'm getting out of this situation. I'm going to make a change. So in a paradoxical way, a worse situation would be better than an okay situation because it would force you to make a change sooner. And we live in a time where we can just, as Nietzsche said, we can nullify, we can falsify, we can mute and sweeten the truth. You can just spend the rest of your life, you know, we, we live in a time where we have just enough comfort that you can be so uncomfortable at work, but then come home and you're at a warm home, protected in the shelter, you have enough food around you, you have drugs that you can take, you have dopamine all around you, you have all these ways in which you can nullify and numb yourself from the pain, from facing and accepting the truth. So we live in this weird time where that is all around us. And so those who fight stronger, who fight against it will be stronger than ever before. But it's also so much easier to be numbed by the current state, current time we live in. And so it's not about 
we're, we're aware of when we need to make a change. It's having the courage to do something about it, to not let it take going to rock bottom before you make a change. And the sooner you can do that, because there's constantly things in our lives that we need, we need to turn around, we need to repent, we need to change our minds. These things are coming up all the time, whether it be in a relationship, an old habit, uh, a lifestyle, whatever it is. If you can get quicker and quicker and quicker at being aware of it and then deciding I'm not going to let this get to rock bottom, how much faster, how much more could you grow and develop? How much faster could your life move forward if you decided to make a decision sooner? And not waiting till it gets to the worst possible moment. Um, so eat the eat the bitterness. Do not prolong the dead end. It's also a paradox that when you get bit by a snake, you also need a little bit of that snake venom to help heal you. It doesn't really, you know, to help make sure that you're okay. It doesn't really make any sense, but it's a paradox. So again, eat the bitterness. Do not prolong the dead ends in life. Stand up. Face the truth. It's uh, The truth cuts you up, but it sets you free. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a great one. Hope you found some value in this. Take care. I will see you next time and sharpen the iron.